You found the perfect place. Candles on the table, delicious food, and great music. But do you go through all the trouble to honor yourself or her and what she means to you? Your purpose in life in this world is to give glory and honor to Him, the better off you're going to be. Welcome to Anchor Points, a program produced by Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church of Frederick, Maryland. Here, we hope you'll find answers to some of life's everyday struggles. You can learn more at fredericksdachurch.org. God wants your reverence out of love, not fear. And today, Robert Quintana explains that when you begin to realize you were made to love your Creator, the sooner you'll be able to find your purpose in life. With part two in his series, I Shall Bow. So everyone, you know, wants to be a part of a love story. And there's something appealing about it. There's something special about a good love story. I hate to even admit it because I'm a guy, but I enjoy romantic comedies now and again. I do. I think it's because of the love story. We are drawn to love stories. My love story with Heather started back in 1998 when we were in seminary and she caught my attention in the hallways and I thought to myself, now that is someone that I would like to get to know. And it developed and March uh, 26, I proposed to her on Sunset Rock and you can see the sunset on that rock and I timed it just perfectly so that we were there as the sun was going down and man was I nervous. I thought to myself, I'm confident, I'm good, I know she's going to say yes, there's nothing to be afraid of, right? But there's something about that moment where your hands start to get sweaty and you, you know, you're, you're, the, the words that you've rehearsed all these days leading up to it now seem to kind of go away. And I remember proposing to her on Sunset Rock and she said yes, I was so ecstatic. Um, But we all long for a love story. We all want to be a part of a love story. Even when we are in a relationship that goes south, love on the rocks, you go your separate ways and you've been hurt by love, there is something about love that we want to experience again. And so we oftentimes put ourselves out there again because we want to be a part of a love story. If you were here with us last time, you remember that we we started a sermon series on the book of Isaiah. And Isaiah is a fascinating book. I hope and pray that you're taking the opportunity for the next several weeks to go through the book of Isaiah on your own. But last week, we, we started this sermon series on the book of Isaiah, where God, through the prophet Isaiah, is basically telling the people of Israel, how much I love you, how much I want to be a part of a love story with you. And we looked at a couple of verses last week, and I just want to remind you of these because they're so powerful. If you'd like to turn there, Isaiah chapter 45, verse 22 and and 23, God says to all of us, look to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth, for I am God, there is no other. And that's verse 23 
a pretty shocking, pretty bold statement by God. I have sworn by myself, we spent some time on that, the word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return that to me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall take an oath. God puts his reputation, his character on the line, and he says, I am swearing to you that there will be a day, the time when come, when every knee shall bow. And you might remember I asked you the question, what will drive you to your knees at that moment? What's going to drive you to your knees? The the question is not whether you're going to bow or not. No, God has promised every knee shall bow. The question that we need to ask for ourselves is what's going to drive me to my knees? And when you break it down, there are really only two reasons why you would bow down. One is fear. You are afraid, you are scared, and so you are driven to your knees as you come face to face with the creator, the sovereign Lord, king of kings of the universe, and you are so afraid that you are driven to your knees, or you can be driven to your knees out of love and respect and honor, because you have so connected with God through the years You have spent so much time with him and you understand his ways. And now the realization of all your dreams and all your aspirations, the the culmination of all your hopes are there once before you. And you're just overwhelmed with gratitude, with joy. You're overwhelmed with love. And so you fall to your knees to worship him. And so there's that one passage in the New Testament that tells us, You love me. Why? Because I first loved you. And so if we want to get to the point in our relationship, in our journey where we are in love with God, we first need to understand how he loves us. And the book of Isaiah is perfect for that. The book of Isaiah is perfect to reveal to us how much God really loves us. And so I have chosen today to look at a love poem that God has written to you and to me. I asked Heather earlier this week, I said, honey, have I ever written a poem to you? And she said, no. And the way she said that made me think, I should probably write her a poem. (laughs) But here God writes a poem to us. It is a love poem to us. Now, now really, you lose a lot in translation. Because when you read this in in its original language, you can see how it flows. But when we translate it, you kind of lose some of that rhythm. You lose some of that flow, um, some of the... uh, um, how, how it kind of rhymes, but, but nonetheless, it's still a beautiful and powerful passage. I'd like for you to turn to Isaiah chapter 43, verses 1 through 7, where God writes to us a love poem. But now, thus says the Lord, who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. 
When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Selba in your place. Since you are precious in my sight, you have been honored and I have loved you. Therefore, I will give men for you and people for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your descendants from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not keep them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory, I have formed him. Yes, I have made him. What a beautiful love poem that God has written to all of us. I'd like to go back to verse 1 because uh, I, I want to kind of go through it and maybe open these texts up a little bit for, for us all. But now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel. The words there created and formed, they're similar, but they are different. You see, the word created means being created out of nothing. You might want to think back to the creation week when God created where he spoke and it came to being. And so here he has created out of nothing. And so he is saying to us, I have created you out of nothing. But then he says, but I have formed you. Now that is such a beautiful word because that word now takes it a step further and says, not only did I create you, but I formed you. In other words, I had a purpose for you. I created you with a design. And we're going to get to that design here in a little bit. But, it, but he's taking it a step further. He says, I didn't just create you for nothing. I didn't just create you so that you can just walk around and look pretty. No, I created you and I formed you with a purpose, with a design. Now, did you notice the names Jacob and Israel? Oftentimes in scripture, those names are used to describe the people of God. And so you can say that if you have given your life over to God, in other words, if you have decided to, to enter into this covenant relationship with him, that you are part of this covenant relationship, you're a part of this family, you can call yourself an Israelite. Now, not maybe a literal Israelite as someone that was born in Israel, but the Bible talks about this spiritual Israel. That when you enter into this covenant relationship with God, you are now part of the family. You are now heirs to the promises that were given to Abraham. You are part of Israel. And so he says, but now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, you might remember Jacob or the name Jacob or how the name Jacob came about. You might remember that he had a twin brother. Esau. And as they were coming out, Jacob held on to the heel of Esau. Do you remember that? And because of that, they gave Jacob the name Jacob, which means supplanter or deceitful. Now, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't like to have a name that means deceitful. 
I, I don't want to walk around, you know, with the name that says, you know, you're, you're a supplanter. You're a, a deceitful man. No, but this was the name that Jacob was given. And so listen, listen now. It says, who created you, O Jacob, and who formed you, O Israel. Israel being the name that God gave to Jacob. And maybe you feel as though your life is a Jacob. Maybe you feel as though your life is, is, is broken. You, you don't know where you're going. You, you're, you're distracted. You're going and being pulled in a million directions. Maybe you feel as though you are a Jacob, but God says, not only did I create you, but I can form you and I can make you into in Israel, just like I took Jacob and gave him a new name, Israel, and I transformed him, I can do the same for you. Anybody ever have a coupon or, or, or something that, you know, that says, you know, redeem by, and you know, you're, you're anxious to get to McDonald's to, to redeem the, the free drink or fries that comes with the, you know, so, so we need to get there to redeem. Do, do you understand? Do, do you know that there was a time in our history where we belonged to the devil? Do you understand that? That, that at the Garden of Eden, we basically sold ourselves over to him when we pledged allegiance to him, when we said, you know, we're going to follow your ways instead of God's ways. And so we, we sold ourselves over to him. And this is why the Bible often talks about the sacrifice of Jesus Christ as being a purchase. You know, by, by the blood, he purchased us back. In other words, he redeemed us. He went and he bought us back with his blood, with his sacrifice. He redeemed us back. And so here he says, I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. I love this. You are mine. You belong to me. Now, do you see how, if you understand God's love for us, if you understand God's love for your life, do you see, do you understand how when that moment comes and you come face to face with your maker, do you see how it's not fear that's going to drive you to your knees? It's going to be love because you understand I belong to him. He has transformed me. He has redeemed me. He has bought me. He knows me by name. I belong to him. It's out of love that we fall to our knees, not out of fear. The verse itself says, fear not, fear not. Verse two, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. Listen, I don't have any proof of this, but I cannot help but believe that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had read this verse early on in their childhood. If you think of the timeline here, Isaiah wrote this before they were taken captive into Babylon. So it's very possible that when they were studying in the synagogue or when they were visiting the temple or, or, or maybe one of the priests was teaching them, they read from the book of Isaiah and they read this passage that says, when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flames scorch you. And so now Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when facing this horrific incident, 
they say, you know what? There's nothing for us to fear. We belong to God because God has created us. He has formed us. He has redeemed us. We belong to him. We are his. Don't you remember that verse that says when you walk through the fires, it's not going to burn you or scorch your eye. I, I have no proof of that, but I can't help but to believe that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew this verse. And so they stood when faced with troubles, when faith with tribulations, they stood firm for God. You see how the love of God can drive you to stand strong through life's trials, through life's difficulties. If we understand God's love for us, I'm telling you, it will help us and it will strengthen us to make it through those difficult times in life. Well, let's keep on reading verse 3. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. That's just beautiful, beautiful there. I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Selpa in your place. Since you were precious in my sight, you have been honored and I have loved you. Therefore, I will give men for you and people for your life. Verse 5, now we're making our way down the other side of the pyramid. Fear not. There again, we remember reading that on the other side of the pyramid. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your descendants from the east and and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, do not keep them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. And so here again, he starts to paint this picture that says, listen, your life may be scattered. Your life might be all over the place. Uh, You may feel as though you're being pulled in all different directions, just like the nation of Israel was during this time. But he's saying, I can bring it all together. I can make it all work. I've begun a good work in you. I am faithful to complete that work. So wherever you are in life, no matter where, where you feel you're being pulled to, he says, I can bring it all together and I can make it work in your life. And so then verse seven, everyone who is called by my name, there's that reference to the name again that we saw on the, on the other side of the pyramid, right? Everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory, I have formed him. Yes, I have made him. So now, did you catch it? Did you catch the reason why we were created? Why he is going through such great lengths to form us and to redeem us? What's it say? We were created for what? His glory. Now this is probably one of the toughest biblical truth principles for anyone to accept into their life. That we were created for the glory of God. Wait a second. We were created for the glory of God. How about me? You see, because that's what sin does. That's what selfishness does, right? We say, wait a second. I want to build myself up. How about my glory? Where am I in all of this? You, you mean to tell me that the only reason why we were created is for the glory of God? Yes, it is. 
And the sooner you wrap your mind around that, or should I say, the sooner you allow that principle to engulf your mind, the better life is going to be for you. The more life is going to make sense to you. The more purpose-driven life you're going to have. And I know that there are some people here already kind of fighting that thought off, saying, I'm not sure. And and, and you're, you're starting to justify by saying, what kind of a God is this? You know, what kind of a selfish God is this? You know, I thought he was a humble God. And, and now here we're created for his honor, for his glory. Well, what's that all about? You know, how about me? Your purpose in life in this world is to give glory and honor to him, the better off you're going to be. We were created in his image. So your designed purpose is to give glory to him. Your design purpose is to reflect who God is. And the sooner you get on a path where you are learning and you are experiencing what it means to give glory to him, to reflect his image, the better you're going to feel. When we understand everything that he has done, is doing, and will do for us, we cannot help but to fall on our knees in worship to him out of love. And so this year, Heather and I are celebrating 11 years of marriage. And I have to just share with you how awesome. Thank you. I just have to share with you how awesome this love story has been for us. It just gets better and better and better. And so I want to share with you a little incident that happened the other day that I think really helps to illustrate uh, this point. Um, it was one of those nights where, where I had stayed up to, to watch and uh, Heather had gone to bed Already, as she always does, she, she goes to bed very early, usually. I, I usually kind of lag behind. You know, I fell asleep on the couch watching the Olympics. Um, about 1.30 in the morning, I, I wake up. And I'm thinking, oh, it's 1.30. I need to, you know, get up. I need to go to bed. So I turned the, the TV off. I turned the lights off. And, and I, as I was heading up, I go into the garage because I wanted to drop something off. And I accidentally shut the door behind me and it was locked and I'm thinking to myself what do I do now Heather's probably in her REM sleep (laughs) and so I text her thinking if it wakes her then okay but if it doesn't you know I'm not going to push it here So I text her and I say, if you happen to read this, (laughs) can you please come get me in the garage? And so, you know, I'm thinking of all the ways, you know, can I pick the lock? Can I, you know, it's in the garage, so I have all the tools there, but, you know, I didn't see any any screws on this side of the, you know, knob. So I'm thinking, I, I don't think I can break in. I thought of going out the garage door and then ringing the doorbell. But I thought to myself, well, I don't want to do that. You know, I don't want to wake her up. You know, my love for her. It wasn't fear. You see that? It it wasn't fear. 
that kept me from ringing the doorbell. So I start looking around. I start, it starts really sinking in. I think I'm going to spend the night in the garage. Like, I really think this is going to happen. Well, fortunately, we keep some of, some of our camping gear in the garage. So I plugged up the pump. I filled up the air mattress. I was able to find a blanket. And I slept in the garage for the very first time in my life. <laughs> Around five o'clock in the morning. I hear the door open and the light shining into the garage. <laughs> and Heather's standing there with a big old smile on her face. What are you doing? <laughs> so, well, I didn't want to wake you up. I, I just, you know, I, I just thought, and she said, you had the air mattress in here? I said, yeah, it worked out quite nice, actually. What's your relationship like with God? The the one relationship that really matters. Do you do what you do because you're afraid? Or is it because you have fallen in love with this God and your response is, what can I do to love you in return? Anchor Points with Robert Quintana is a ministry of the Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church of Frederick, Maryland. If you enjoyed this message, feel free to share it with a friend. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or at fredericksdachurch.org. It's time for me to bow down. It's time for me to accept the sacrifice of Jesus Christ because He and He alone has bridged this gap for us. And now He offers it to us freely. The gap that God fills between your unrighteousness and His righteousness is too large for anyone to cross on their own. Next week, we hope you can listen in again as Robert Quintana challenges you to surrender and accept that gift with the third and last part in this series, I Shall Bow. Also, if you're wanting to learn more about how to begin a life change or just wanting more answers, we'd love to talk with you. Feel free to visit us online and check out some of our resources at fredericksdachurch.org. You can also call us during the week at 301-662-5254. We're located right between I-70 and Route 15 on Jefferson Pike. Remember, God loves you and wants you to live out His purpose.